Welcome to the Actively Fueled podcast. I am your host, Brooke Sarnecki, and I am just so excited that you are here with me and joining me for all of these super powerful conversations that we are going to have on the podcast. So if you don't know who I am already, I am a registered dietitian. I am a specialist in sports nutrition and also disordered eating and eating disorders. So a lot of my practice is all about helping individuals not only optimize their nutrition for performance in their sport, I work with a ton of athletes, mostly endurance athletes, lots of runners. I also help these individuals improve their relationship with food. And I, again, I'm just so excited to have you here have these conversations and really just start a movement in the athletic community that is more about taking care of ourselves rather than this hustle culture and this burnout culture. So without further ado, let's get started on the pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Actively Fueled podcast. Today I have on Kat Campbell, and I am just so excited to talk with you all things running and strength training. So welcome to the show, Kat. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited too. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you, who you are, who you work with, where you're from, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I am a running physical therapist. I'm here in Bergen County, New Jersey. So for anyone who's not on the East Coast or knows New Jersey, it's North Jersey. I'm about 10, 15 minutes outside New York City. Um, I work at a cash-based clinic that I, I would say like 85% of the people I see are runners. I am also a run coach and personal trainer. So I will do coaching on the side with some strength training mixed in. And most importantly, I'm just a runner. So love running so much. And runners are my absolute favorite people to work with, which is why I've made a whole career out of it. I love it. Why, why runners? Like, why do you love working with runners? Yeah. So uh, I guess, I guess, okay. This story kind of goes back, uh, far back, but I really got into running when I was, I want to say in high school, like freshman in high school, I'm just very passionate about it. When I was younger, my dad had a heart attack and running was the way for me to kind of be the role model and say like, let's exercise and let's get heart healthy. And it was the, um, you know, you think of like, how can I make myself healthier? I feel like one of the easiest ways that people will do, do that is go for a run. And so I got really into running and I got really passionate about just doing it. It just, and it was never anything like half marathons, marathons. It was like three miles every time I went to the gym, three, four days a week. And it was just something I really enjoyed. And for me, I was one of those people who actually didn't run in high school And I think because that was the case, I just really loved the, the, the easygoing aspect of running. It was about like putting on my headphones and just running because I enjoyed it. And so that stuck with me, you know, all the way until now I'm 26 years old. But, um, when I was in high school towards the end, you know, when I was graduating, I was dealing with some knee pain, um, from a fall. So it wasn't even like a random thing. But one of the only things that really started to bother it while I was going to PT that I noticed was still consistent was pain when, with running. And so the PT at the time just told me, just stop running then. No. And, and so as someone who really loved running and places a high value on it, and it's been a, a major constant in my life, and I'm just very, very passionate about using it to spread um, awareness of just being healthy and happy. 
um, that really triggered me. <laughs> I love that. And so, yeah. So that was like the catalyst. I knew at that point, I didn't even know I wanted to be a PT yet, but when I decided I wanted to go into a uh, PT, I knew I wanted to work with a healthy, active population. And then when I was uh, in my last year of PT school, I figured out that there was a clinic right outside New York City that saw mainly runners. And so I went to clinical there and I learned a lot from all of them. It's a new uh, custom performance in New York City. So they're awesome. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like at the time, I, you know, when I was in school, I had no idea you could work with runners as a physical therapist mainly. And so then when I graduated, I was lucky enough to work at my job, which is called Blue Iron Physio. I met my boss and I was his first employee. So I told him I was really passionate about working with runners. It is an out of network clinic. And so he's like, all right, let's go in on uh, working with runners then. So Ever since then, I'm just building up my running caseload and being able to work with the people I love most in a way that I feel like I'm very passionate and um, it means a lot for me to to make this uh, meaningful impact to people. So yeah, long-winded so cool. answer, but yeah. That is so cool. And maybe we'll, this question was going to be for the end, but let's, let's talk about it now because I think it flows really well into what you were just talking about. How is running physical therapy different from like regular, I don't know, regular physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess it really depends on where you are in terms of exercise selection. It might not necessarily be different depending on, I guess everything always depends on, you know, who your PT is, what their knowledge, are they a sports PT in general, or are they just, um, do they not really see athletes as much? It's more about working with a runner as, as a runner, if that makes sense. And so I think the one thing that always gravitates runners towards me is knowing that I am a runner. So it's just the number number. And you don't have to be, you know, you could be passionate about working with runners and not be a runner. But I think to start off, when I tell people I am a runner, they understand that they know when they come to me that I really want them to be able to run because I'm a runner myself. So I'm not going to tell them not to run as the excuse of you know, saying that you're not getting better. So let's just not run because they know that I really love running. So I want them to be able to do that. So that's number one. But then the whole aspect of how I treat is just, again, very specific to runners. So we'll talk about their long runs. We'll talk about their mileage. We'll talk about the shoes that they're wearing. We'll talk about, um, obviously the exercise selection. And then the one big aspect as well is just also being able to have that ability to do a run analysis. And so, um, you know, oftentimes, even if you work with someone who may be a sports PT, they can help you with maybe, you know, the strength aspect, and maybe they have a little familiarity with, uh, building up a run walk. If you know, you're coming back from a stress fracture or surgery where you're, you're starting with nothing. But the big thing also is not, is being able to address the running form. And so when I think about a runner or like you even think about coaching and how I coach my clients, it's like, let's talk about what your mileage is. Let's talk about if there's drop down weeks, let's talk about the speed workouts and like what speed workout to do obviously the exercise. And let's talk about the fact that running is maybe the one thing, the main factor that actually still causes your pain. If everything else is fine and then the running is still something that bothers you, then you have to address the running in some way. And the answer is not to stop running. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that I think 
sets uh, running physical therapy apart. And I think it's been very helpful to, to get a run coaching certification to be able to do that. Um, so if someone listening out there is wanting to do that, maybe they're a physical therapist listening, I would say that having that run coaching certification is the one thing that really is going to help. And obviously being able to take some courses, figure out how to improve people's running form, change their biomechanics a little to reduce some forces. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that it's just a little bit more holistic and comprehensive to the runner as a whole, and you can speak their language, which is really important to them. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the biggest pieces too, that I have found. Cause I've, I've worked with both physical therapists that don't specialize in runners and physical therapists that do. And it was so mind blowing to me. Also just knowing so many other PTs now that specialize in sports and specialize in running, stopping running, obviously like sometimes we do have to stop running, but stopping running is oftentimes like the last resort. And I think that if you aren't specialized in that area, that arena of running, that's like one of the first things that you say. So it's, it's really nice to, to know and to proactively understand that you don't always have to stop running. Like sometimes you just have to reduce volume or sometimes you just have to slow down, maybe cut down on your workouts. And so that's really empowering too. And that's something that I really advocate for with my clients and I'm working with them and they're like, Oh gosh, I have like this running injury. And my PT told me to stop running. And I was like, does your PT, do they know you? Do they know runners? (laughs) So it's it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very adamant about not making runners stop running unless they absolutely, absolutely need to. Um, and I, I hate to say it like this, but I do think that sometimes when the answer is to just stop running, I take it as either it's a lazy answer because they don't know what else to say. And that's why I think being able to resort to the running form is really the true thing that we need to address. Um, because if someone says that, the, that running is the thing that bothers them, then we just need to be able to change some of the biomechanics and say, okay, well, maybe there's some extra forces going to your knee. How can we decrease that? So you can still be able to maybe run a shorter distance, but I know how much it means to me to, to be able to run. And I go crazy when I can't run. And so I am very adamant about, I know how that feels for other people. And, and a lot of times it, it is that, that aspect of our life where we can kind of be free, have the time to ourselves, you know, not think about all the other things that are going on in life and like, no running should not be therapy, but it still is kind of therapeutic. And so it can really affect people when they don't get to do the thing that they love, especially if that's the main thing that they do to give themselves some time for themselves. Absolutely. I I love that. And definitely, like I said, just on my journey of my injuries across the years, it's been really helpful just to connect with PTs and understand the differences. So how do you, how would you recommend somebody go about finding a PT that will treat them as, as a runner? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely becoming, and we were talking about this earlier, but I definitely think it's becoming more prevalent. So I think it's a little easier to look but I will say it is a little bit on your end as a runner research wise, right? Because it's not going to be like you can just go to, I don't know, like a clinic that says sports PT or or whatever, and and think that, that they're going to be equipped to handle runners. I think it's going to be a lot of like maybe Googling sport, uh, 
running physical therapists near me and doing phone calls and asking like, how do you treat your runners? Just like how you did with me. Like, what does that, what does that look like to do running PT? Are they able to do the three things we just mentioned, be able to control your running volume from an injury side of it, Mm -hmm. um, strength train, give you stuff that is actually very challenging and then be able to possibly look at your running form. And I I'll say, um, I think if you are in the running world and, you know, maybe you have an Instagram and you follow people, like even just reaching out to someone who, you know, is a run coach, like yourself, even like an RD might know, like you said, you know, other physical therapists. So if you even know anyone on Instagram that is maybe involved in the running world, then I would just reach out to them too, because oftentimes it is a small world and they might know someone in your area that might, that may be able to refer to and say, well, I know this person's great, but it is going to take a little bit extra time. And I think that's the one thing I've seen, whether that go you know, we talk about PTs or we talk about doctors or we even talk about run coaches, like in terms of finding the right one, it's, it takes research and patience and like asking questions. And I've seen even with doctors, um, some of my patients who go to orthopedists and um, other types of doctors is they do the exact thing that we just talked about of they go and they say, just stop running for another four weeks. Like it's a, you know, easy thing to do. And they say, well, we'll try the elliptical instead or try the bike instead. And that's not their sport. That's not what they like to do. And so four weeks is actually a long time for a runner, even though that sounds easy for someone else. So even those, those people find someone who, you know, works with runners and maybe is a runner because then they can they can put themselves in your shoes. And they, when they say four weeks, they really mean you have to take off four weeks or they yeah. won't tell you to take off four weeks. I am like such a advocate for physical therapy just because I think the first line of defense for a lot of people naturally is to go to the doctor when things hurt. Right. And so they go to the doctor and the doctor is like, well, have you considered that running maybe just isn't for you? And I, I hate that. Like People get that all the time. And it's so defeating to hear that from a person that you trust. Like you're going to the doctor because you trust their expertise and then they'll tell you like, well, you should stop running. And it's the first thought is not let's refer you to physical therapy. The first thought is we'll just stop running or maybe consider a different, a different hobby. And you and I both know runners. If you're listening to this, you're probably a runner. Like that's the last thing that we want to hear. And so what, I mean, what do you say to that? Like, are some people just not built for running? Like what are your, I would love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah. That, that makes me cringe when people say that. And I, it's also the, Oh, I'm getting older. So I can't run my body's not meant to meant for it. Like we're meant to move as long as possible. And if you want to be able to do the thing you love, you just have to keep doing it. I think every, you know, it's every, everything always depends. Like the PTs are always going to say everything depends, but I don't think anyone's body is not meant to move and specifically not to run. Like, you know, we walk, we run from a very early age. That's what we've done. I think that the problem is, again, it's the easy answer that maybe they don't understand or know the ways to be able to address whatever they're feeling. And so maybe, so for example, we'll talk about someone getting older, right? Um, yeah, maybe as, as we get older, we know we're going to need more time to recover. That's just is what it is as you get older. But then we just have to change the way we're intentional about our programming for you. I don't think that 
any person is not meant to run. But I think that you have to take into consideration of all the factors you have internally, externally around your life and be able to choose the right plan that's for you. So maybe it's not you running six, seven days per week and you need a a couple more days of recovery. Maybe you start swapping some of those days out for strength to be able to build enough load capacity to, to tolerate it. Maybe you need a run analysis and you've been overstriding for years. And as you increase your run volume, your knees can't take it anymore. So I don't think that what, like a person is not built for running, but I think that if you want to run as long as possible, you have to get rid of the stigma that running is this easy thing that everyone can go out and do. And it should be a brainless thing. Like it is a skilled sport and that we, we need to be thoughtful, intentional, and actually improve on the skill in order to do the thing that we love the most, just like any other sport. I just think it's just this easy thing. People think, well, it's running. You have a good pair of running shoes. You go out and you, you run and that's it. It's an easy sport because it's less uh, equipment, but that's not always the case. It's still very skilled and you need to put in the work. Totally. Oh, I love that. It's so, such great segue into strength training now. <laughs> so what do runners need to do in order to be able to have longevity in running? That's such a leading question. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, strength training is going to be obviously as a physical therapist. And one of the conversations we're talking about is going to be the main thing. I think, I also think that working with a, a run coach is very helpful to do. Because again, you have someone being intentional with your programming. Um, But strength training is going to be one of the most important things that I would say most runners don't do. And so the reason why is because as we strength train, we build a load capacity. And I try to explain it to people like this, that every time you run two to three times your body weight is going through you. You have to be able to absorb that body weight. Now, when you strength train and you build strength uh, around the muscles, tendons, ligaments, all of that, and you strength train intentionally specific to running, what you're going to do is improve that low tolerance so that maybe let's say you're having pain at mile five and that's when the pain starts as you build that low tolerance, that might shift to mile 10. So you're building the body, the ability for the body to have more load capacity to, for that, when that point of exceeding what our body can tolerate becomes farther away, if that makes sense. Totally. It's like you're adapting your muscles to your, your training load, essentially. Right, right. So I think in terms of strength training, it just makes your body stronger to be able to handle the loads that running requires. And the more strength you build, the longer you'll be able to run. Also improves your running efficiency too. makes you more powerful, stronger. If you're trying to build speed, it will help with all of that as well. So yeah, I'll be the first to say I'm, I'm the classic runner. I don't love strength training, but once I'm in a routine with strength training, it feels so good because running feels easier. You don't get as many like pains. I definitely, every time I slack on, on strength training, it seems that I get injured. And so I never learned my lesson. 
Because I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling good. Like I, I don't need to strength trade. And I just, I know that I'm speaking to a lot of runners when I say this, like I'm not alone in this. Um, but I, again, I'm such a big advocate for strength trading too. And I appreciate physical therapists that really advocate for this stuff because it's so important for longevity. And if you want to stay injury free, it's a really great way to prevent injury. Of course, we can't like, you know, mitigate all risks and never get injured. Um, but it really does help you be able to tolerate your training so much better and you feel stronger too. And that's, I mean, that's so important. And I've been learning more about bone strength and bone health from having other, other physical therapists on the podcast. And it's like, gosh, strength training is so good for not only just like, you know, preventing injury and running, but also if you want to run until you're old or maintain your strength until you're old, regardless of whether you're running or not, like you've, you got to lift weights. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I've had a lot of patients who don't really strength train and then they start doing their home exercise program, which ends up looking like just a really good workout. Yeah. Um, and they say, I've never felt so strong running up hills before. And I'm yes. noticing that my paces are just faster naturally. And so those are the benefits you get from it. But I think what you said about sometimes you fall off and then you come back, it's a very common thing. And I, I think I, I will say, <laughs> I don't expect people to not be human, right? Like I understand that we have really busy lives and lots of responsibilities. And sometimes it's hard to get the strength training in, but I think, and I think you might've, you might ask this, in terms of, let's just say half marathon, marathon training season, all mm -hmm. you really need at least is to commit to two days. And it doesn't even need to be an hour, like make it be 30 minutes. I posted yeah. on my threads the other day, like I did four exercises um, and it took about 30 minutes and it, you know, I was so sore the next day and it was very intentional. So it doesn't always have to be this I go to the gym five days a week and it needs to be over an hour and I'm not going to have enough time for my running. Like if you can commit to at least two days and just start with working out 30 minutes each time, then you can try and build upon that. But you need to just have a good starting place that is going to be doable for you. And you know, it's important. So I think it's better to do that than absolutely nothing. Just do what works for you. Totally. I could never commit to an hour of strength training. That to me sounds absolutely miserable. So I like to keep it real. Like I, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes is like my max. And I love that you said it just, it's two days a week. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. I think a lot of us, as you said, like we're human beings, we're busy. And the thought of just like going to the gym or like, however you, you know, wherever you strength train, it can feel like a huge commitment. And so to make it easier for yourself and to just say like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be something. Um, and another one of my good PT friends, Victoria Seckley, like she says the same thing. Like it doesn't have to be crazy. She's the queen of like 15 minute strength workouts for runners. And it's so much more effective when you can think about it that way of approaching it with this like flexibility and understanding that it, you just have to do it. You just have to get out there and do it. It's not gonna be the most enjoyable thing all the time. It's not gonna be, it's never gonna be as enjoyable as running. Maybe it will be. Um, but it's just something that you have to do to, to maintain, to maintain that strength. So, yeah. And it doesn't have to be fancy either. You know, there's a lot of Instagram workouts and reels out there and, 
you have to do this workout for runners and this workout for runners. And it's like, again, like I had four exercises. I will tell you them goblet squats, Bulgarian split squats, the leg extension machine and bridge walkouts. And all of that, just four exercises mm-hmm. was very intentional, helpful for runners. It doesn't have to be anything fancy and crazy either. So um, yeah, I think that that's one of the things that people get so intimidated by is, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do these workouts. I don't know the exercises I should be doing. Um, I just, I don't know what I'm doing at all. So that's another thing to consider too. It just can be a simple workout, but it's better than doing nothing again. Yeah. And so on that same note, what are some like run specific exercises that you recommend doing or that runners should, should focus on? Yeah, that's a good question. I think about it in a couple ways. I like to focus on several different categories. One of them is quote unquote stability, right? So when I do my evals with my patients, one of the first things I want to be able to see are single leg calf strength. Like I want them to be able to do 20 single leg calf raises, the same range of motion. Oftentimes runners can't, they'll end up losing the range as they do more. I want to be able to see that. I want to be able to see a single leg bridge and then hold it without the opposite pelvis dropping down. Mm. I want to be able to see them balance on one leg for like 10 seconds. I want to be able to see them do um, a single leg squat, even off of a table or a bench. And I want them to be able to do some sort of like side plank variation. And that's my testing. And most of the time runners can't do, I would say at least half of that. Yeah. And so those exercises, those stability exercises become more of a than workout. And so all those things I want people to be able to do. So lots of single leg variations with a focus on the glute hip extensors, the hip abductors. So like think about the side plank. Um, and then the calf, the calf is so important for speed, for injury prevention. We want to really strengthen that gastroc and soleus and the Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that whole aspect is some, this, those exercises that I mentioned that I look for the same things that are going to become exercises I would give runners, but that is just more of a stability aspect. Like they might be more body weight. They might be more banded. Um, and then I also want runners to be able to do a little bit more of heavier load um, because, again, something is better than nothing. But ideally, we want people to be able to stimulate their body through heavy load so that they can improve that load capacity. If you're just doing body weight stuff, eventually it's going to become too easy. And yeah, maybe you'll have good balance, which is really important because as runners, we're constantly in single leg stance. There's mm-hmm. never a time where both feet are on the ground. That's what makes running different from walking. But I also want people to lift heavier. So I might do stuff where that becomes more of a cool down, warm up within the workout for my clients. And then I'll also add things like I love the leg extension machine for the quad and patellar tendon. So going really heavy on that, as long as you don't have... um Sometimes it bothers people's knee, depending if they have some issues going on, but love that, especially for people who have patellar tendonitis. Um, I love deadlifts. 
I love Bulgarian split squats, um, which I, for people who don't know what that is, they've probably seen it before. It's that one exercise where you have one, the one back leg, either on like a plate or a bench, and you're putting all your weight through your forward, um, forward leg. And it almost looks like a, like a squat on one leg. You're putting all your weight through there. I love that for runners because you can lift heavier, but you're still in that single leg stance. So some of those exercises are probably the most I would say the staples that I give most of my runners, but I would, I guess in short, think about it like single leg exercises, stability exercises that might be more body weight or balance oriented. And you can maybe do 15 to 25 pounds um, max, depending on the, the exercise, because it is more stability oriented. And then the heavier load, like the squats, the deadlifts, the leg extension machine, uh, Bulgarian split squats, stuff like that. Yeah. So question, question about all of that, super helpful. And I love that you touched on starting with, you might have to start with body weight and more, more stability type exercises. Is there, cause I see this a lot too, where, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, where I will jump to like the weighted stuff before I focus on the, you know, the stability, the balance, the body weight stuff. Is there a, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say like a sequence or, you know, like an order of events that you should follow and know when you're ready to like advance to the weighted things or, you know, I I don't know. Am I making sense? (laughs) No. Yeah, you totally are. I think it depends on the situation, right? If I'm talking about like run coaching clients, oftentimes what I'll do is it'll be doing the stability stuff early on in the warm up because then you're activating those stabilizer muscles to then go and do something like a squat where maybe your hip rotators aren't activating well when you do a single leg exercise or just in general and then you do the stability exercises then you can actually do a squat directly after um and then other times it really depends on like where that person is so if they have like I have people who have no history of strength training and are really having a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. with the single leg stuff and the stability stuff, then yeah, maybe we'll focus on that first. But I I think in terms of a healthy individual, which I would hope that most people listening out there are um, the general healthy individuals who just know that they need to do strength training, I would say finding the right person who could give you a a good uh, program, but I would do something like, you know, um, maybe the single leg squats or do the um, single leg RDLs, um, all the single leg bridge, all that stuff in the beginning and then doing the heavier stuff in the middle. I also will sometimes do depending on what my, my patients or clients can do with time is maybe one day I'll give them a leg day. That is a, I'll say like a functional leg exercise day where we do the stability stuff and you're loading, you know, they're doing single leg RDLs, maybe 20 pounds, Um, They're doing single leg squats with some weights, but obviously lighter weight because you're having to challenge that, that balance aspect. And then the second day will be like a double legged, heavier leg day um, where they actually really can push and really go heavy. So it depends on the situation, depends on your time. It depends if you're injured or you're not injured, but generally I don't think you need to completely waits until later on, unless you're maybe dealing with something and you've never strength trained before then seeking the right person. Um, but most of my people that I I see, I'm, I'm doing it either beforehand and then have your stuff after or two separate days for that. Gotcha. Super helpful. I'll tell you 
even just focusing on like, if you are a runner that has never strength trained before, it is amazing just the, how much of a difference, even just the, like the mobility, the body weight, the stability stuff can make in like a couple of weeks, seriously. Like it, it's, it really is amazing. And so again, for anybody listening out there, you don't have to be like jumping in immediately to all these like heavy weights, please actually don't do that. Like you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) Um, but it, it sounds so simple. And when you're doing the exercises, you're like, this doesn't really like feel like much, but you feel it the next day and you're activating those muscles that you haven't before. And I've just found from my personal experience, also working with, you know, other runners that once they commit to even just like two to three weeks of that simple, of those simple exercises, they're like, wow, didn't think that that was going to make much of a difference, but it really does when you're first starting out. Yeah. Agreed. I think when you said to, to people, you know, make sure you're not jumping into heavy weight. I completely agree with that too. I would say that if you're looking to do something heavier, finding someone, even if it is a personal trainer, a run coach that can do that somewhat physical therapist of their sports and you want to do like a prehab type of deal, make sure you're doing it right. All my clients send me videos of them doing heavy stuff. I don't like them just jumping to it. And if Mm -hmm. I know that, that there's a stability aspect there, then oftentimes the heavy stuff doesn't become heavy early on, it's lighter. And then in terms of feeling better, one thing that I noticed too, that I want to mention is a lot of times runners are like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tight. And I need to foam roll more and I need to stretch more. And just my hips are just so tight. And my hamstrings are just so tight. I get it all the time. And oftentimes that tightness that people feel is really due to weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's another thing to think about too. If you notice that you're like lacking flexibility, you're like really tight and your body's just really tight after running. um, Oftentimes I find that working on whatever, you know, let's say people would say their hips are tight. I'll work on their hip rotators, really strengthen it. Sometimes they'll get like shooting down their leg and then, you know, a couple of hip rotator exercises, they get stronger, less tight, no shooting, no tingling. It's just really important to consider that sometimes the tightness is not always just tightness, but it's more weakness that it's a way of your body saying, okay, I'm going to create a little extra stability because I don't have the strength to be able to tolerate this. So we're going to make our everything a little bit tighter to protect us. So um, that's another thing to think about too. If you're dealing with a lot of tightness, mobility issues, is that strength training will help with that too. Such a great point. I think that's, yeah, you're right. It's often misinterpreted as um, tightness, but it's actually just, it's just weakness. So, all right. So for what is your, what are your main points that you want to really make sure runners understand from our conversation today? Yeah. So I guess number one is finding someone in the, in the running world, if you need help that works for you. And so whether that be you need to find a running physical therapist, whether that be you need to find a run coach, understanding if you need help and you're not equipped to be able to do the things that we talked about today, finding that right person and being patient and doing your research. That's number one. Number two, when it comes to strength training, it does not need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be difficult. Again, just do the simple things. And show up, even if it's 30 minutes, two times per week, and start there. And then know that you are at least doing something to be able to improve your load tolerance. And then I guess three would just be to don't forget to have fun with all the running and the process of 
all of this. Love it. Um, so, you know, starting back from the beginning, saying that it's just really important for me to be able to help runners and do the thing that they love the most. I think oftentimes that runners um, will get carried away with all the all the extra flashy things. And then it starts to become a chore. I don't want strength training to become a chore. So just fall in love with the process. And hopefully that includes strength training too. Yeah. I always save my favorite podcasts for strength training because that's the, that's how it gets me to strength train. So that you guys can steal my, (laughs) steal my trick. (laughs) I was going to say, that's a good one. (laughs) Cause really I, I don't, I don't love it, but I know that I I have to do it. And every time I do, I feel so much better and I feel strong, like when I'm doing it, but it's nothing like putting on your shoes and going out for a run. Like I'll be totally real about that. Yeah. (laughs) But Hey, if you know, the podcast (laughs) works for you, that's great. I listen to great EDM mixes. If you go on my SoundCloud, (laughs) there's so many EDM mixes and that's what hypes me up. So just find the thing that makes you happy and hypes you up and use that as your motivating factor. I love it. Thank you, Kat. So how can people find you? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on most social media, but mostly I would say Instagram. I have TikTok, Instagram, now threads. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of that is run with cat underscore DPT. Um, if you have a question about anything, you can always DM me. If you don't have any of those uh, socials, you can always email me at Catherine Rose Campbell at Gmail. And then I also have my own podcast too, which is called The Run With Cat Show. Looking forward to having you on, Brooke. Um, and so if you're looking for more, you know, running PT information, um, it's called The Run With Cat Show, no spaces. So those were the main social media things that people can find me at. Fabulous. Well, thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. I know this will be really valuable for all runners out there. Like I said, I'm such a big advocate for physical therapy. I'm such a big advocate for strength training. And so if, you know, for anybody listening out there, if you feel like you're stuck in the injury cycle, or you've got people telling you to stop running, like reach out to a run specific PT run coach, you know, personal trainer, like they will help you get back to doing what you love. And so I, that's, that's my big takeaway from today, just talking with you, Kat. And, um, like I said, I know that everybody's going to love this episode and it'll be really, really helpful. So thank you. Of course. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Alrighty guys. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast, wherever you're listening to, to help us reach more people. So the more reviews and the more ratings we receive, the more that our podcast is going to get pushed out to the masses and reach people like you. So I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review uh, to just help spread our message. So thank you so much again for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode.